Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, we are back in uh, Orlando, Florida. We just had a gnarly rainstorm. They shut the pool down. It was fucking lightning. Did you see that shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was loud. I was out in, the, out in the hallway. I was like, man, so it does still rain in Florida. Of course, it hadn't rained in Oklahoma in fucking how long? I forgot what it fucking looks like. Uh, I'm Ted Summers. As always, with me is Eric Stambro. He's not in Ohio right now, though, so we're in humid, mosquito-filled fucking Orlando. I went outside earlier, and there's fucking mosquitoes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so what do we got going on? Well, uh, it's been going good. If you've, uh, I don't know what order we're playing these in when it all no, I don't either. shakes out. So we've been, that's why I'm not mentioning, <laughs> right? We've been getting a lot of good content in. Um, we taught the first day, today's just doing podcasts and going to classes, and then we teach tomorrow at 1 30. Yep. Um, which is good. I just sat in on, uh, Jay Nix was on, um, took over for Gooseby's class and, I told him he says so much of the same stuff that we say. Yeah. I said, yeah, you validated our class and we validate your class mm-hmm. by saying the same shit, which is the right shit. So. Correct. Yeah. Well, and then I heard you, I was standing out in the hall and I heard you yelling and I was like, <laughs> Oh, what are you yelling about? And I ran in and I'm like, what are you yelling about? And he's like, Oh, ask me a question. Yeah. He, <laughs> twice. I tried to hide. I had my hat down standing in the corner because I saw your grumpy old ass sitting back there. <laughs> says, Eric, what do you think? Um, it's just like, uh, if you sit through Rigney's class, you know, one of the things I always say is forward aggression solves problems. And Justin says almost the exact same thing. Yeah. Like we talk about forward, you know, using forward to, to build confidence and get through things, stuff like that. But anyways. Hits Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots and the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um company kineticdogfood.com be sure to check them out on social media too man they're they're amazing folks kineticdogfood.com by now you've probably all heard my story at least once i'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself so this next product is like near and dear to me because i actually use it uh quick turn by vet care 
it does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. Quick term by Vetcare on the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code 10WDR for 10% off your first order. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years, if you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to tactical police canine training, that's letter K number nine training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. So this is going to be a pretty good topic. Yeah. Um, our guest with us. The uh, dark arts. Is a, uh, is a cop here in South Florida and an owner of a, a company called Good Family Canine. Eric Good, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Yeah. You just got done like fresh out of teaching. So the topic we're going to talk about is this mystical, the out. The, the dark arts, wizards. Yeah, right. <laughs> wizards. Yeah. The how, Harry, do you sprinkle, the Harry how do you sprinkle fairy dust on a dog to get him to out? And yeah. You know, we talk about it. We talked about it uh, with um, Gene Ramirez, too, about how, guys, it's so stressful and focused and stuff. And we we have caused all the problems, we being the handlers and the trainers that that are still doing older stuff and not doing it, in my opinion, doing it right. I've changed my out method three or four times over evolution. You know, I've tried to evolve. Because when I, when I uh, first came a handler, it was choke chain, yank and crank. When I became the trainer... That's what I know. And then I was like, 
yeah, we, this has got to be better than this. And then social media really got going. You could start really seeing things. And I started learning and going to classes and learning a little bit more about um, opera and conditioning. Well, actually a lot more because I never even fucking heard any of it when I was in the beginning of my career. And then I've even changed a little bit. So now I have like three different ways I can work it depending on the dog. Right. Right. So talk about the, the part, that part of the class you just taught. Yeah. So, I mean, same thing as you, we've, we've gone through a lot of different methods of outing. We've gone through processes that were frustrating at times, processes that we weren't getting, not giving us the results that we really wanted. Right. And so I ran into this process, um, learned from this guy named Michael Lorraine, who's down in South Florida. Um, he's civilian dog trainer. He's, he's awesome. Um, most all of it comes from him and it has just been the Holy grail for us for Mm -hmm. outing. Um, a lot goes into it, but basically summarizing it, the biggest thing for, for most dogs is shutting them up in prey drive, making them quiet in prey drive. So what happens when a dog is barking when they're in prey drive is that it's wires are arcing in their head. It's unnatural, right? If the wolf barks at the rabbit, the rabbit runs away, the wolf doesn't eat. So we need to teach the dogs to be quiet and prey drive, which a lot of them want to do naturally anyways. It's just a matter of showing them that, Hey, this is how you're supposed to be. And that the only reason a lot of these dogs are barking and prey drive is because they've been reinforced for doing it. Whether it's a seasoned dog through some training, or it's a dog that just came from the kennel from Europe and all they did was a bunch of line agitation and the dog's just barking at the end of the line before he goes in and bites everyone sees a dog barking at the end of the line and they think that's awesome. The dog that's a really, dog, yeah. yeah, that dog really wants to bite. He's really intense because he's barking. God damn it. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so just getting him to be quiet when there's a prey item, what does that mean? Like someone in a decoy that's obtainable in an obtainable distance, say three, four feet away in a non-threatening manner. Like if I'm just standing in front of a dog with a bite suit on, the dog shouldn't be just yapping and yapping, barking at me. If I'm moving side to side as the decoy or a toy is moving side to side, the dog shouldn't be barking there. The dog should drive channel and shut up and be quiet and stalk the prey. And so that's what we want. We want the dog to stalk the prey. And um, when the dog's in that mindset that's natural, then we can make progress because the dog is thinking clearly. So real quick before, I know you got something, Ted, I was thinking about this. So we were at um, Blue Line and... um, the uh, I was sitting in Aaron Taylor's e collar class, and him and I, uh, I own a Ridgeside Canine location, and he he's the uh, owns the main one. And as we were getting done, he's talking about the certain way to use the tone on the e collar that we use. And I said, "Hey guys, if you want to stick around," he asked, "How many of you guys have problems with your out?" Like three people raise their hand, four people, right? And he's like, I said, listen, you guys, uh, if you want to stick around, I'll tell you how I now use the tone function on the e-collar to create non-conflict out. And it's real easy. Every single fucking person stayed. Every one of them. I'm like, see, a bunch of liars. All you. <laughs> yep. Three of you, you three were, were telling the truth. I was going to say, liars. Yeah. You're like, did you mishear me? I didn't say how many of you had clean outs. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the barking thing, um, I got some dogs in recently. And they just, they're, I mean, to the to the extent that getting them out of the kennel to get them to work detection work, even knowing where prey items are, like where I store bite suits and bite sleeves, just spins them out of control. And we start drive capping. And so my trainers are like, why are they doing this? I was like, you got to understand that these dogs are prepared for the test. 
just like we teach school kids in the United States. We don't teach them to learn. We teach them to pass tests. And these dogs are, 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 are trained from an early age to pass selection testing. And I was like, and that's what they want to fucking see. So getting these dogs to shut the hell up, even during detection work, has just been like mind numbing. Or my trainer's been mind numbing. And I'm like, just fucking wait. Like, they'll shut up and just like, just give them a second. And so we've been rewarding them for being quiet, giving them quiet command. And they finally are starting to get it. And they're like, oh, if I'm quiet, I get out. If I'm quiet, I get this. If I'm quiet, I get that. And it pays dividends when we start doing building searches because that's one of the one time when we start having drive leaking as dogs get fucking spun up and they start barking. They start hearing, oh, please pay nine, make yourself known, dog bite you, bark you, right? And so, uh, and I that's a different topic and I know exactly where that comes from, but I had a dog that we just finished that went to a department way out in western Oklahoma that is the most vocal fucking dog and he is dead silent during building searches. Dead silent, unless he finds, a, unless he's an odor, then he barks. But he is dead silent other than that. But yeah, so, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, the, the barking's a huge piece of it, 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 keeping them quiet and prey. So, but, you know, when people hear that, they say, well, shit, my dog barks, or, you know, I want my dog to bark when he finds someone. Yeah, I want that too. I'm going to teach the dogs to bark, but it's got to be on command. For me, it's got to be an activation command giving from me, unless he finds someone and he there's a, a barrier between them. So, you know, alerts on a door seam and a building search, guys behind the door seam, start barking, got that, got, you know, real powerful rhythmic barking. Um, otherwise they're not allowed to bark. Right. And, you know, a big topic and guys will, you know, kind of chuckle when you talk about it is no barking in the car either. Right. Which I love, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you guys have had dogs that bark in the car and it's just all of mine. Yeah. (laughs) It's just miserable. So, you know, and the easy solution for that, that works with 99% of dogs is put a bark collar on them. You know, if you think about what that dog's doing when he's barking in the in the car is he's just his drive is leaking, right? That power that you have in that dog is leaking out. Force him to hold it in, force him to internalize it, and when you tell him to. Now when he has to go to work, now we access that power because it's leaking out, not just their drive, but also their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, when we take the dog out of the car that's been barking for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and the dog's completely gassed, how is he going to do his job? How is he going to track and find someone on hard surface? So it's a big piece, um, getting them quiet. It goes pretty quick. And like I said, a lot of dogs want to be quiet in prey drive naturally. Mm-hmm. You, we've, we've heard the term, I've said it five million times, prey lock. Where the dog you know, is, is kind of activated and then the suit comes out, the decoy comes out and they get they get locked in. Guy, there's so many guys, especially if they're on like their second or third dog, they can't, uh, why doesn't he bark? They can't handle it. They can't take it. Yep. Um, what, is that, is that uh, in, your, in your opinion, the thing you guys have found, the way you're doing it, is that prey lock something you also kind of have to work through or is that exactly what you need? No, that's, so we don't need it, but if a dog has prey lock like that, or we say locked in prey, you know, Mm -hmm. just a difference in terminology, um, it's usually a little bit more difficult to teach the barking, to induce the barking. Right. But then once we do, and we got some methods for that that work pretty good, then the dogs are like, okay, I'm all in. But they, those tend to be the dogs that aren't just vocal all the time. You know, that dog will probably never bark in prey drive, right? Because we kind of had to pull it out of them when, right. when we wanted it anyways, you know? It's so, frustrating at the door when you're doing the door thing. Oh, yeah. Dogs. Yeah, and that's a that's a no-go for me, like, across the board. Like, your dog cannot be barking while you're giving announcements. Yeah. I've but, had dogs before that... I've, I've sold two that come to mind that are semi-close to me that 
I'm thinking back, like, I don't think I've ever heard them bark. And they're monsters. Yeah, like yeah, they, and yeah. they are, they are monsters. And then I, I have sold dogs that, and they're German shepherds that are just, I mean, they're vocal with everything. Like they're vocal when they eat. <laughs> and so getting them to vocalize is not difficult, difficult at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, so we're, we're working on that being, being quiet and pray. How does this work then translating into the outing portion of the work? So, I mean, the next step of that, we got them quiet and pray. Like, we got to have an in first. So I want to make sure the dog's all in and biting with full grip, full power. And so I'm going to use a leather pillow, back tie them. I'm going to grease it up and, and try and steal it from them, right? So they bite that, that leather pillow. And I got a, a leash attached to it, a sleeve leash. Um, if they don't bite down as hard as they can immediately, I'm stealing it from them. And... I'm going to create some frustration there. You're going to make the dog bite as hard as they can initially. And, um, and you know, this is all day one in, in canine school. And so once I, once we have the in and the full power and the biting, then we're going to go into, um, I like to move on to a round pillow. It's a, a mini bite suit, right? Mm. Like they're big, uh, you know, round pillows made out of the same material, the French linen, put a, put a sleeve leash on that. And now the dog's back tied. I'm only going to reward the dog when he's not barking, he's standing, and not bouncing off the end of the line. When I see those things, I know the dog is clear. He's only going to be going for the toy when I tell him to, when I mark it. He's not just, you know, rambunctiously going for every toy or trying to get it every time he can. Mm -hmm. So when I mark it, then he gets the toy, and now I'm going to tell him to drop. I'm going to give him a command to drop the, the toy, and... Um, at this point, he has no idea what drop means, right? So a little bit of compulsion is going to come in order to get him to drop. In the beginning, it might be, you know, a light pinch on the pinch or a light correction on the pinch collar. Um, some dogs, we get away with that. Some dogs, we got to go to an e-collar, right? So mm -hmm. we tell him drop. The dog looks at you like, what does that mean? Here comes a correction, right? Correction comes. The dog spits the toy like, whoa, what just happened? Now, here's the important part. They spit it out. You tell them to get it again. So then they get the toy right away. They go, hold on a second. I let go, and then I get it again. So now we start incorporating that command again. Drop. Dog drops. Boom. They go in and they bite it again. You out, you get it again, right? We're not tricking the dog with two toys. We got one toy. Mm. You out this, you get it again. So we're showing them that picture. In the meantime, we're, we're kind of working on a guard. So because the dog is standing and not bouncing off the end of the line and making decisions to not bite the toy until we tell them to, the dog is, is, is making decisions and that's important. So the dog, we're building a guard that later on we're going to use on the bite suit. Is that, is that all making sense or can yeah, I, yeah. Can yeah. I So when you're doing that with the toy, when they come to the out, are you guys, um, straight feed, you're moving it, getting a little prey, kicking to the side, moving around? Great question. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't cover that. So, um, yeah, if, if he outs it after a big correction, then I'm going to create some frustration, kick him into prey drive by kicking it off to one side, kicking it off to the other. And now after that correction, he's chasing something, mm -hmm. right? So his thoughts about that um, correction that he just got are out the window. He's not sitting there sulking like, oh, I just got in trouble. He's chasing something, having the time of his life. Mm -hmm. So you tell him to drop. He doesn't drop. He gets a, a correction. He goes, oh, what was that? The toy hits the ground. Then it's immediately, get it. Now I kick it and he misses it. And I kick it to the other side. He misses it. And kick it to the other side. He misses it. And kick it to the other. And then he gets it. Right. And then we go back into the, the drop. So yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
And then it gets to the point where sometimes he's getting it on the ground and sometimes I'm presenting it in front of him. You know, I'm standing, putting it out to the side. I step into his range so he can come and bite it at any mm -hmm. time. He's not allowed to, but if he does before I mark it, then he gets in trouble. And that's really important that he's making decisions. We have to allow the dogs to make decisions. You know, you see so many guys that grab the dog, pull the dog back. They're holding the dog, have opposition reflex. They're reaching down and grabbing the toy. And the only reason the dog's not getting the toy is because the handler's preventing him from getting the toy. That's making the, the dog want the toy even more. Hmm. You know, we need to do the opposite. Like, go ahead, get the toy. You're going to get in trouble. When I say you can get the toy, you can, you can get the toy. And I'm going to let you have it a lot. And if you out it, I'm going to give it to you again. You know, so those basic principles, I think, go a long way. And then it carries right over into the bite suit. We get into the bite suit within a couple of days. And it's um, it, it just seems to click for the dogs. It's really making sense. And we, we get some really, really clean outs. And, um, you know, another thing, I, sorry, I could talk all day about mm -hmm. this, but... <laughs> Um, I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but, um, you know, they have half a second out. So when you say drop, if they're not outing it in half a second, then a correction is coming. And that way we're setting those standards strict from the beginning, and they're always going to understand. They can come off of the toy just as fast as they went into it. If your dog is coming off after five seconds, it's because you're allowing it. If they're coming off in pieces, you know, chattering on the way off, it's because you're allowing it, right? So as they're coming off like that, they're getting a correction. And the correction has to be, in my opinion, on a no command or a fooey or whatever you want to use. So I give the command drop. If the dog does not out the toy, then a no comes, which announces the correction. I do not correct on the command. If I say drop and correct at the same time, the correction becomes the command. Mm -hmm. Then the dog doesn't listen to drop. He waits for stimulation or whatever the correction is to drop. So when you're doing the um, uh, the toy that that first day, well, how long typically? Eh, granted, it's, there's not exact because the dogs. How long before you're like, I think he knows drop. I think he's getting it. The word. Usually in one session. Yeah. It, it's crazy how fast they get it when they drop and they get it again and then they drop and then they chase and chase and chase and they get it again. Like it just is so quick. But that sleeve leash is crucial. Being able to kick it to the side and yank it out from under their chin before they bite it. And um, really making it super exciting. Most dogs in one session. We bring them out the second session. Usually they're, you know, dirty in the first couple mm -hmm. reps. Not drop. No, you know, correction. They go, oh, okay, I remember this. Boom, boom, boom. It's crazy how fast it goes. Um, like, like, honestly, you got to see it. Because if you told me that, I'd be like, yeah, right. You mm -hmm. know, and like how fast we get them on the bite suits and how, how nice they're coming off on the bite suits. Uh, again, um, it goes so quick that... It, it just makes sense to the dogs, and I think that's that's why the whole program works. They're not, you know, wires aren't arcing in their head. Mm -hmm. They they let go. They get it again, right? Like we're not tricking them, lying to them with two toys. All right, we love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart and they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there, you know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tactical police canine training.com. You get on there under training the online course, but here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor canine supervisor course 
which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should right here online. Uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The Dogtra guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily, whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free, 1900S hands-free. And then I use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols. So hit them up at Dogtra Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then you've got Dogtra.com. And when you go there, if you use the discount code WDR10, they'll give you 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. So if you're looking at a 1900S or that Ball Popper Pro or one of those things, it'll knock a substantial chunk off there. So hit them up, doctor.com, WDR10. So everybody knows that Ted and I uh, not only train police dogs, we train pet dogs, right? We train dogs. So it's why our relationship with Ray Allen Manufacturing is so important. They've, these guys have been doing this so long. They knew and they understand that dogs are dogs and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So you go to rayallen.com. They have everything dog related that you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So if you're ordering stuff for police dogs and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one, man. They ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code working dog radio, all capital letters, working dog radio for 10% off. Check them out. RayAllen.com. Great people. Ted and I use them every day. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law, the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so if you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up 
The website is Easy Rider Online. So that's the letter E, the letter Z as in zebra, rideronline.com. If you're looking for them on Instagram and Facebook, it's American Aluminum Accessories. Feel free to hit them up there too. So our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is Arno out, out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for for police work and sport work suits tugs i'm telling you right now his tugs are the best in the business you can't get any better multiple colors uh, i i buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody uh i've got a bite suit from him love it i've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ um ted's got a suit that he's had forever from alm uh we wouldn't go anywhere else man we love it arno is such a good dude his uh, almk9equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check him out, almk9equipment.com, and use the discount code WD Radio for ten percent off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's and it seems like it's an ever-changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around and everything else. So the guys at Horizon Structure make this as easy as possible. Literally, the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups, and they deliver it, and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that, you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. Yeah, so, so one thing with Ted and I, I guarantee are the same, probably with you guys, is when we, we teach, I teach... Very similar. The only difference is the uh, we use tone instead of no. The tone that's the exact same thing um, yep. is ten minute sessions, fifteen at the most. Yeah, guys are in here like thirty minutes. Like at Ted's place, if he did that, probably at yours too, they would die of heat stroke. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it, one hundred and seven it, fucking degrees in Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, it's it it's Africa hot. Yeah, or just Oklahoma hot. Yeah. This kennel now he has air conditioned. Oh, yeah. They didn't used to. No, it was yeah. just a hot sweat box. Wow. Yeah. No, I got air conditioning now. Yeah, I can do, I can do 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> normally, yeah. And yeah, when we start doing the outing, um, it, like we start the same way. We do we start on the ball and then set set the foundation for what the what the what the predicate commands are going to be. And 
then we start processing it through like higher and higher levels of duration. So, or distraction. So like the one thing that I have all my trainers really understand is the three D's distance, distraction, or duration are going to be the things that we're managing for the dog's entire life, whether it's a police dog or whether it's a pet. And when we start moving into higher levels of distraction or things that are like competing motivators, then, you know, the timing is super critical. And I tell my, my pet trainers that, cause a lot of guys want to come over and work with the police dogs. I was like, once you can demonstrate really, really, really good timing and understand to me that you can use all four quadrants, depending on what we're doing then, and I don't have to explain it to you, then we can do it because we have to do it fast with these police dogs. Like, cause they're 10 times fucking faster than these pets. Right. Yeah. You got a fucking doodle who's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll get on the place. Right. And you're like, okay. And you're like pressure on pressure off. And I was like, when we start, we're going to the police dogs. Like you've got like a blink of an eye to decide whether we're going to mark it or correct. Well, depending if it's a negative or positive mark and what that needs to be, it all needs to be set. And I was like, I can't explain it to you in time. Cause sometimes these dogs get, and when we're capping them, if they start to leak and then they start to fuck, they start to leak and then they start to surge, then they, we lose them. And I was like, so like, I can't be explaining it to you on the fly. <laughs> yep. And you probably see as you're going, you're like drop no, and you don't even get it out. They're right. starting to race that stem or that correction. A hundred percent. But you know, and here's the thing. A lot of people don't want to correct If The dog comes off in pieces. And, you know, I say we give them half a second to come off. Let's say the dog comes off in three quarters of a second. And I'm starting to say the, the no and they let go, but they still came off in pieces and they're still a little bit slow. I'm still correcting the dog yeah. and, and they understand it, even though he's already let go of the toy and I might be a, a second late. They understand what they did a second ago was wrong. So here's something interesting. I, I don't even know what made me think of this. Because I, 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 I'm curious to see what other guys do. So on that session, we're outing, giving him pack, kicking it, whatever. He's outing. He's getting it. The last rep, he outs. What do you do? So then I'm gently going to pull the toy away. And now the handler is going to hook him up, unhook the back tie, and they're going to walk over that toy. Walk over it. Walk over okay. it. If the dog goes for it, he gets in trouble, right? And, you know, part of it is I teach the, the handlers a flat walk which, uh, you know, is basically like a heel, but on the right side. So left side, we have dynamic healing with eye contact and, you know, pretty posture, you know, never use it in police canine, but we still like to train it. It's fun. But what's practical and what we use on the street is our flat walk on the right side. The dog has two rules. Don't pass my toes and don't smell the ground. Those are the only two rules. Hmm. So I use this walking up to a building search, walking out of the building search, you know, after the search is complete, um, walking out onto the field, leaving the field, right? Like how many guys you see, oh, the dog just bit the guy. He did a great job. I want to be, be excited. And woo, a boy, good boy. And you guys run off the field and run back to the car yeah. as fast as possible. You ever see anyone run away after they win a fight? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless the cops show up, yeah. right? Winter state, right? Yep. So put that dog under control. Tell him to walk. Those rules are in place. Don't pass my toes. Don't smell the ground. Walk right over that toy right and walk back under control back to the car and um and you know we'll have them walk over the toy if they ignore it then turn around and say get it and the dog gets to go get it right like you do the right thing we're mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna pay you over and over i want you to have your toy trust me mm -hmm. and not just your toy like your toy with a game attached to it because it's got that sleeve leash which is so valuable like guys should really be using it on almost all their rewards have some kind of leash on it so you can give that toy a heartbeat and make it more fun for the dog. Mm -hmm. That interaction with you is way more powerful than just a 
toy that the dog is possessing, right? Like a dog possesses a toy by himself laying in the corner chewing on it. That's valuable to him. What's more valuable? Him possessing a toy and fighting for fighting you for it. And I shouldn't use the word fighting because it's like a play fighting. Mm-hmm. But like a game of tug of war with you, way more fun. Most of these dogs, right? Yeah. So when you're done with the toy, you're, you're probably like Ted and I, we're going to a suit, no barrel sleeve in the middle of it. I've already, at this point, this is where people are confused though, is they're trying to do this while building the grips. And I prefer to do it separately. You know, build that fucking crushing grips and then get a nice clear out. I mean, I guess it's simultaneous a little bit, but I'm not teaching this dog to bite so that I can out him. You know, so I'm not, I'm skipping a sleeve. Sometimes I'll get a dog from Europe. He's only seen a sleeve. I'll work it for a little bit, but I'm getting him on a suit as, as fast as I can. Because if, as we know, if you can get an out on a man in a suit, especially on that bicep, you're really getting it. Right. So you start your, you go straight to the suit, right? Yeah. So I go, I mean, the leather pillow. So I want that gripping behavior and I, I we're building them simultaneously. And be, um, so like power and control at the same time, you know, which I, the way I was taught, not possible, right? It was always like, if your dog's under control, that means he's a weak street oh, dog. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, too yeah. much obedience quashes him. I'm like... It's not what? true. I know. No, like, I, know. I, know. I know. I know you know it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. But that's the thing. Like, if you do too much obedience, they're going to be... You're going to quash their spirit. You're going to... I'm like, well, yeah, if you fucking yank them around and you don't pay them. Yeah. <laughs> Where you'll see it is in is in detection. When the dog's so confused because you keep cranking him into a fucking sit that he's going to go to the car and sit and sit and sit and sit and sit all the way around. Like, yeah, you've been a little much. Yep. Little and much. and you got to balance everything, right? Yeah. Like if the dog wants is glued to your side because you keep paying them at your side, then like, yeah, we got to, we got to make the dog go away from us, mm-hmm. go work away from me and you're going to get paid away from me. So balancing everything. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm jumping right into the suit. I got leather pillow, um, which I'm stealing from the dog. So they're biting as hard as they can round pillow and then right onto the suit. And the out's coming right off the suit on the left bicep for me. Um, we're doing the same thing that we were doing with the toy. Um, and we're teaching the dogs the answers to the puzzle on the toy. And then the suit comes and it happens. They understand it fast. fast. So now first session on the suit, I present the left bicep. They come in, they bite. I work them in, get them full, tell them drop. They drop. Boom. They come off. If they don't come off, they get a correction. And then they come off perfect. I pay him again. I drop my shoulder. They get to they get to reengage there, right? Or the handler tells him to bite. Same principles. You come off, you get it again. You come off, you get it again. You come off in pieces, you're getting corrected, and you got a five second timeout. You're not getting it for five seconds, right? Um, same thing. No barking. They say they got to be quiet. Standing, right? And this is where the the standing comes in and the guard because now I'm standing in front of the dog and I'm in his zone, in his range. He's back tied, but he can bite me at any time. And that's important because he's making decisions. If he bites me before the handler tells him to, or before I dip my shoulder in order to pay him, which we allow him to do that, then he's getting in trouble. And once they understand that, it's crystal clear to them. Okay, I can bite when the handler tells me to. I can bite when he dips his shoulder. Other than that, I need to stand and guard, right? And the dogs are so clear. They follow, you know, stalk the the prey as we move side to side. And then next thing we're doing is, um, you know, you talked about Justin Rigney. We're putting him on the bungee, similar to the power biting, right? Um, you know, like you said, my class that I just did, a lot of stuff 
kind of blended over with Justin Rigney's power biting. Like you said, it was uh, a lot of similarities. I'm you sure don't say exactly bro enough. I don't say what enough? Bro. Bro, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you say the F word? You know. He does a lot. Yeah, he does a lot. <laughs> he knows it. But he, he is so articulate, yeah. and he makes yes. it funny. Um, that's definitely not me, man. I, I, I wish I was up there making people laugh. But it's not I, a South Florida thing? You guys just don't all do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish. And he's articulate, too, man. I mean, he can he can talk, and he knows what he's talking about, and he um, he can say it well. For me, I got to say it 500 times, and then I still kind of sound like an idiot. Yeah. Know? He's probably said it 500 <laughs> times. That's the thing. So, yeah, but I bet he was good at it the first time he said it. Yeah, true. So a question for both of you, because it's always a, I get different opinions on it. So when you're working the out-rebite, out-rebite, do you want the handler to give the bite, or do you want a dip, or you mix it up? I mix it up. In the beginning, it's going to be the, the decoy paying, dip in the shoulder, dip in the shoulder, and then it's going to be, okay, handler, you start giving the bite command, you know? And then, you know, occasionally um, the decoy will do it because the handler might not be Johnny on the spot, like, and know yeah. what the decoy is thinking, right? Like, decoy is usually a more experienced guy, um, so decoy is like, oh, that was a really nice out, let me pay that. And, you know, instead of taking the extra time, I'm like going, hey, tell him to bite. Like, you know, obviously right. timing's crucial. So that, that decoy sees that perfect out, boom, dip the shoulder, pay him again. Really important piece, you know. I mean, we correct the dog if they don't come off, right? Positive punishment. Now we're adding positive reinforcement for coming off, right? So, you know, a lot of people miss that step. Get rid of the, you know, only using the correction. How about we reward them for doing it right? Yeah. And, and we vary it also. And I, I like to start moving, not necessarily quickly, but, but, but once dogs are starting getting like where we're getting into certification territory, I don't want them to automatically assume that every out is going to get a rebite. And especially once they get to be on like deployments, because the first thing that happens as soon as somebody gets bit for real and you out the dog, and if they manage to out verbally on the street, the person is going to flinch. That's 110% they're going to fucking flinch. So I start doing the bouncing decoy game um, from that, which works that heel. Right, recall, recall the heel, recall to, um, or and then send to the second decoy, and then make them do other obedience, and then walk away like, like Eric's talking about. Eric with a K is talking about the the walk. Like they walk away, so we work on decoy decoy neutrality at that point as well. So then it becomes, and if we are doing rebites on on um, grips for experienced dogs, I tell the decoys, I'm like, you need to wait three, six, eight, ten seconds be passive and then give him some reinforcement once he bites to start building duration and start building intensity. And it's kind of that same thing when we do, um, I'm having a total brain fart, even caffeine. Uh, one of the scenarios, uh, Blair Witch where we bite hidden. And we, one of the rules that we give the decoys and we say, wait until the dog commits. Don't let him, don't mark that sharking behavior. If they fucking tag you and wait for you to move, they're asking for permission. I want them to fucking nuke human odor when they commit and grip it. Then you can give them reinforcement. So that's that little gap to go to that, be successful in that covered presentation and Blair Witch. And you know, it starts help building dogs to bite those, have those passive engagements where they're barky, 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 barky face. And then we move, right? So we're not, we're having the dog start the action, right? Everybody understands that. But then now the dog is also in control of his own reinforcement. If I bite you harder and longer and more and more and more, you'll get more reinforcement. So, and it tends to be a little clearer to the dog um, when it's done. But the one thing I've done that before where like every time the dog outs, he gets a rebite. 
And, yeah. and I say that to handlers. I'm like, how do you reward a, Like everyone listening to this, for, when you come to an HRD, I'm like, how do you reward a dog for outing? They're like, with a rebite. And I'm like, so why do you think he rebites? He has a reward history of the last three years of bites coming in pairs. Right. And, <laughs> and, and you got to be careful with that. Absolutely. You're 100% right. So the, the biggest thing and that they're learning in that guarding phase is that if you do it without command, you know, early or without the decoy dipping his shoulder to pay you, you are getting in trouble. And they learn that so early that we don't run into that problem of them rebiting. In fact, um, a couple problem dogs that I've had come to me, the, the problems were the dogs, the dogs went in out, right? That's the main problem. So they come here, I come to find out what they do is they out the first time, then they re-engage and then the dog sees red and there's no getting the dog off, right? So what did, what did I do for them? The same exact thing. I taught them to guard. I taught them to stand in front of the decoy. Go ahead, make that decision. Make a bad decision, you're going to get in trouble. Once I taught them that, game changer. I mean, one of the dogs is now like the unit show dog. Like, mm. like he went from the problem dog for years to like, hey, we're doing a demo. You're up. Yeah. You know? Now, in guard, how long? few seconds it varies or? it's gotta vary you know like ted oh, yeah. talked if you're, about if you get into a rhythm they've yep. got your rhythm they're masters at counting mm-hmm. in their head the dogs are so it anybody has that's vary. ever failed a two minute down at a minute 50 knows yeah them, <laughs> them motherfuckers can count 100 <laughs> masters at it and i do that i tell you what i end up doing and maybe it's because i've and it's a mistake that i've made is i will so say i'm uh handling the dog and you're the decoy and or i or the handler's there i'm training you're the decoy i'll say go ahead and you'll dip right Right? or go ahead and then they'll do it and next thing you know i'm saying go ahead boom fucking dogs move and i'm like fuck i gotta shut up yeah it's a bad habit so then i start trying to let's nod or wink or something do you can't do this because he'll fucking see it yep eventually you can't wave your hand um and it's it's a bad habit you know, the dog I just did for an agency, I'm like, I got to stop fucking saying, okay, or go ahead. Cause he's, he figured it out. Right. You know, it's just like when you reward, if you're a direct reward person on your dog at the, at the, at the source, if you wait, they jump backwards. Like it should have been here by now. I'm right. Like, Fuck. He's got my pattern. I got a pattern. Yep. Cause we're in a hurry or we got shit to do. Yep. Same exact problem. We usually give a nod. That's how we start out. Like usually the nod is the signal like, Hey, go ahead and out them. I'm ready for you to out them or give the out command. Um, they know as that the too. Decoy, if I yep. say go ahead and out. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of saying it, like as the decoy, I would nod Well, that dog start picking up on it. They see me nod and they come off and you're like, all right, I'm saying I can't <laughs> do that. Like, all right, we just got to get in the same rhythm here and go like, all right, you, you got to know when I start to stand up, you know, yeah. out your dog, out your dog, you know? All right, so we're on the last rep of a suit. What do we do? So definitely not shedding any equipment. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, the last rep, the same thing. A verbal out, usually a recall, coming back to the handler, paying them with the toy for coming back, and then walking them off the field in our flat walk under control. Um, there's, there's somebody, um, a lot of people, I don't know, subscribe to the philosophy where they'll They'll get that last out, and they'll make the the decoy leave, and the dog can kind of follow him out. Like I won the room, get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, I, I've done that. It, the flat walk's a little more difficult, yeah. you know, at times with that. Um, there's probably a little bit to that. Not every time, but I agree. I'll, you don't make him lay down and walk over. 
No. Because they can take a cheap <laughs> shot in their ear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess we could probably try that and get there. I'm pretty sure we could do it, but um, someone might get hurt in the process. There's going to be a few corrections. <laughs> guys, yeah. are gonna, guys are going to get Yeah, 100%. Get. But, um, but yeah, we, we've done that too, you know, and occasionally I'll throw that in there, having the decoy run off, um, you know, because then the dog wins. Mm-hmm. At, at least yeah. then it's not the dog running away from the fight. You know, one of the big things I see kind of on this same topic that I I don't like, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, like, every single time they out the dog, um, in a scenario-based, scenario-based scenario, um, the dog outs, and they're immediately running away and paying the dog with the toy. Like, you just fought this guy in, like, a real-world scenario, and now that dog is, while he's on the bite, is thinking about the toy that the handler is going to give them in, in a few seconds you know like I, i'm not a fan of that that is one thousand percent i fucking yeah. hate dogs mm. that out to come back to a toy yep and and i have several reasons why and only out to come back to a toy and right? only out to come back to <laughs> when a they toy. smack it on their leg <laughs> that that i i i know where it comes from and i know why they do it and i know which sport it comes from because of how that is evaluated by judges and i understand where it comes from and it works but the problem that i see a lot of times in the dogs is grip degradation and then I see commitment problems with staying with, right? They're constantly looking for an exit. They're constantly, the, the bite is not intense. It's not full. It's not powerful. It's not firm. It's not any of the things. It's not firm, full, and calm. They're constantly looking for an out. And then we're dealing with competing motivators, right? So I tell people the dog's been bred for 200 years to bite human beings. It's the highest expression of drive. And if, if you think that they want to out to come back to a toy and is a is a falsehood and I'm not real keen on, now I, I will like mark a recall with a toy, which is fine, which is a different command 100%, altogether. hundred percent. The other thing in an operational setting, I have body cam from two separate agencies of a dog being beautifully called out of a building off of a bite to a handler that only did that came back and was like, bitch, where's my toy? Turns the smokes a backup guy. Because he's like, fuck, for the last 7,000 reps, every time I come out of a building, I get a toy. Fuck you. It's not here. You're next. And I've got it t- like two times, two separate agencies that are close to me. And I'm like, and when I tell them that, I'm like, you don't think that's going to cause problems? They're like, bah, bah, bah. sure as fuck. There you go. Yeah. So they come back for 8 million reps. They've gotten a toy. They've gotten a, re- they for recalling, they get a bite or they get a toy. And there's no toy involved because I've got a gun in my hand. So I can't play tug with you right now. <laughs> yeah, or, or they bite the handler. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Handler, backup. Yeah. I just got a dog returned to me from an agency because he bit the handler in this exact same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I call it the Ariana Grande. Next. You know, she made that song, Next. <laughs> You're next. You fucking didn't have the toy. It's You know what's funny, man? Because we've talked about how we've evolved over the, all the years. Years ago, I, I trained this dog. He's still on the street. And... um I built way, way, I just built him up way fucking too high. Like, I'm, I'm not doing the out at that time till like, the two weeks before the end of class. Fuck all that. We're, we're crushing people. I'm not going to, whatever. And then I, at some point, I'm like, ooh, I, this has gotten out of hand. Like, I've gotten too much. And um, the only way, and I, I don't go back and fix it. I don't go back and help him. They, they don't want to even bother with it. The only way he'll out is he's is to a toy, and it's this big, gigantic thing and you got to get into his sideline he will let go in midair and come back and catch it 
the state of Ohio for their certifications. Like that's cool as long as you don't touch them. They're good with it. But wow. what I noticed is, and we have to work on it, is when if the handler gets in his corner, he's, he's not coming off. He's got to see it. A oh, little, not a little one. It's got to be this giant pool noodle. I have thing. a fantastic story about this. But I fucked this. I have admittedly fucked that all up. What I know now, I could have easily just took care of it early right. on. And I've started in my classes and in my build because they used to be all green doggy and handler. But now I'm pre-training and everything. I'm just teaching a nice, easy, no conflict out like Thursday of the first week. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that 100%. we can do 5,000 reps or whatever. Yep. That's and not have to, to do the toy. but The Ron Jeremy tug. But at this point, if you try to fix that on him, you'll actually put him to sleep. He will yep. heat stroke out and go to sleep to hold that fucking anything. There's a uh, there's an agency that's semi-close to me um, that I've managed to piss off, which I know is pretty shocking. Um, they were at a training day, and they had uh, two suited decoys, and they were teaching the dog to out by transferring from one decoy to the other. And I was like, uh, you don't think that's going to cause a problem? And they looked at me and they're like, no, he won't out. He's got to out. I'm like, well, I mean, he's clearly outing. I mean, he understands like what that command means, but is he learning to out or is he learning to bite something else? Hmm. And they shooed me away. I'm like, all right, three weeks later, this unit, uh, had a bite backup comes in to cuff him under power dog outs transfers to the backup officer handler freaks out goes to grab the dog transfers to the handler meanwhile dude gets up and runs off like drunk batman (laughs) and they bite him again actually one of my agencies bites him and bites him again well bites this dude and uh, um, he got bit on the arm initially and then my agency tracked him again and bit him and that did not end the same way but i was like oh really you don't say it's almost like i was a fucking wizard and what is drunk Batman, by the way? Yeah. Well, he was, he was, it was this dude. That was a new one. I've been doing a lot of shit with this dude. Well, he, he was wearing, so the guy had beat his fucking girlfriend up and he was wearing a cape. Oh, and like so, it. but okay. he was drunk. As sh- part he was, was drunk. He was drunk as shit. And he was fucking. Dude, yeah, I was yeah. racking my brain. Nah, he had, like, <laughs> was like, fuck, fucking, I've seen all the movies. Yeah, so. it was during Halloween, and it was like so. He was like at a drunk. He was like at a party or something, and he beat the shit out of his wife or his girlfriend, and he was drunk, and he was running around in cowboy boots, boxer shorts, and a cape. And they sounds like a good party, but he broke into a, and so they bit, well, he broke in somewhere. They thought he was armed. They chased him out the back door. And as he bounced out the back door, that's when they dogged him the first time. Nice. And so, (laughs) yeah, I've seen that too. And guys training from one bite to another, multiple decoys. And and what, just like you said before, Ted grip degradation, you know, the, the, the bites coming, you know, slipping, Get in frontal, looking for that next bite coming off and looking for the next one, you know. So never been a fan of that. And kind of same as the two-toy method. I, I think you're lying to the dog, you know, out and you get it again when I tell you to, Yeah, you know. I've done I've done the double decoy, uh, not right next to each other, but like all the way back at the at the handler. Oh, only bouncing DK, bouncing only decoy again, to yeah. clean it up because they certified the next week. Yeah. Just a quick fix, and I tell them this is this is not this is going to get you through next week because I know you're really fucking worried about it. Um, I went to an agency in Virginia for a little seminar I was going to do for them, and they had to certify the next week. And their sergeant's like, "Listen, can you got to work on out? You got to." I'm like, yeah. "You're having me come down to work on your fucking certification?" And he goes, "Yeah, dude, we're a mess. We got, you know, next week." So I just used that. And it worked. Yeah, yeah, it worked. But okay, so. Um, you said earlier about problem dogs coming at you and everything. 
So um, now if you get the dog, somebody calls you, hey, this dog's been on the road for two years. It's just a motherfucker with the out. You're like, yeah, come on down. We'll, we'll mess with it and we'll see if we can fix it. Is it the exact same way or is there special treatment? It's the exact same way. Um, because of the baggage, it usually involves a little bit more compulsion, unfortunately. You know, we want to keep it as low as possible. But like the, the problem dog I talked about earlier, that's now the demo dog, um, high two on a Garmin, you know? I mean, the, but it made sense to the dog. So we didn't yeah. have to get super crazy high um, with the compulsion there, which, you know, nobody likes doing. But if we do have to get, um, you know, a little heavier on the e-collar, it's usually only for a few reps. And mm -hmm. once the dog understands the process, then it clicks and then we can go way back down again. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're doing it with the leash, say a prong collar correction on it, who's doing the correction? The decoy. Decoy. Okay, yep. good. Yeah, I try to, I try to eliminate all that shit coming from the handler because, yeah. and, and I didn't used to, you know what I mean? It didn't used to be that way, but now I started watching guys. I'm like, your, your dog hates you. Like, yeah. He, He's sitting like this the whole fucking time. Nothing but conflict when you walk up. Yeah, and when you see them walking, the dog leans away because they're going heel correct at the same time. Heel yep. stem, heel stem at the same time. And next thing you know, they're like heel, like heel they're leaning away. And um, But I did all that shit fucking, all that stuff. Yeah, same you know? here. Because that's where I was shown. Yep. Signal pressure praise. Sit, yes. Yeah. S sit, good boy. Sit, good boy. Down, cranking them down. Right, you know? and now your correction is the command. Yeah, right. And you wonder why you have to correct them every time. Instead of the behavior being the command. No right, or, or the, the command being the command, you know, and, and that brings up another point, and I'm sure, you know, you guys are big into it too because you're doing the pet dogs because that's where it really sets in when you're training, you know, so many pet dogs. I, mean, I say down one time, right? It's down, and then if the dog doesn't down, this is obviously after the dog knows a down, down yeah. right? It's the same thing goes for the out. The dog knows the out. I say out one time, the dog doesn't out, a correction comes, right? I don't say out, 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 and then no with a correction, right? It's out one time, and then a correction. Same thing for the, you know, the obedience stuff with the pet dogs. Down, you don't down, you get a correction, right? And then the dog all of a sudden is downing when you say down. And mm -hmm. not, not downing when you're leaning over or making a hand signal, like just the command. Yeah. So are you a um, couple days on this? How, where are we at? How long, how fast are we talking? So, I mean, getting the outs on the bite suit, usually done end of week one, beginning of week two. And then, then we're on to the bungee. Mm -hmm. And it's the same principles on the bungee. And, and that's where we're going to start making real power, you know, in, in, the, in the bite and in the, the driving into the bite and not the pulling, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it goes so quick that we can get to the bungee really yeah. quickly, you know, and I, I can't explain why it just makes sense to the dogs, but the system is just, uh, it, I'm sure there's something better out there, but I just can't imagine what it could be. Like, it just seems too perfect. Um, and you know, like I started spreading the word on this, um, with some of the hits podcast by going, Hey man, like this has just been so good for us. It has changed things so much for us that I want to get the information out there. Yeah. I want other handlers, especially police dog handlers to not go through what we went through or to fix what they went through um, or fix what they're going through now so that they can have what we have now because life is just so much better and training is so much more fun and it makes sense and everything is easier with, with this system. So I've been really happy with it. Um, um, definitely open for to learn new stuff you know if anyone's got anything better or different i'm always looking for something new 
like I said, I didn't create any of this, you know, I didn't invent yeah. it. So I'm, I'm stealing it from people and, um, oh, yeah. but you know, I appreciate it. And, um, it's definitely made life better having, having an out and a reliable one. Yeah. It is nice to be able to move on to something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like fun shit. Yeah. Can we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not just like an out for certification, like where your dog's like, Oh, I know this is the certification exercise. So the dog's like half biting, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. He outs, he certifies. Cool. You know, this is all in and all out like full power when I say bite and then come off that bite instantly mm -hmm. at the second I tell you to, right? Like, and that's the beauty of it because we're, we're, we're getting both. We're having the full power the whole time where, you know, the way that I was taught, you couldn't have both. If your dog outs like that, he's going to be weak on the bite. It's yeah. such nonsense. It definitely, the grip quality definitely starts fucking up like big time. You yeah. Know, and you're like, well, that happens when you're working the out. Right. Well, that's, yeah. If I'm ripping your skull off. Exactly. If they don't understand it, if it doesn't make sense to them, to All the right. dogs. Ted, you got anything? Nope. Oh, Eric, I, I appreciate you coming in, man. No, I really awesome. appreciate you guys having me. It's yeah. great talking with you guys. Once you started talking, I was like, I heard him on the other podcast. I like, I knew yeah. it right away. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, cool. I couldn't remember anything you said. I <laughs> weasel brain. But, uh, I remember, I remember yeah. the podcast because I think, I think I messed with it a little bit. This was when I was still just using negative reinforcement to teach the out. Oh, know, nice. Which worked. Yeah, you know, it worked, but there's still a lot of compulsion in the beginning, right. and and then still creates a little bit of conflict. Yeah, but I mean that that style does work. Pressure first, out reward. Pressure first, out reward. Right, you know? and then um, it it does work. We we did it in it, some HRDs where we only have like we're having a problem with this dog. Let me back time. Let's fix that right now. Let's do and show them this dog will never out, and then we. And then they do. I just right. literally told the story. Well, I told, I don't know if I, I told it. We did an HRD where we had a SWAT commander come up and yeah. He, yeah and he's not a, he's not a dog guy. He's like, I can't send this dog um, because he won't out and won't come back. And I can't commit my team to going. And I'm like, I get that. Like, he's like, so I showed him the, I showed him how to do it. And we did it with um, tone avoidance. And so like, I got it, like I got an out on the table in about six reps, right? Like super quick, it was super clean. And he's like, do it on a, do it on a long line. I'm like, okay. So we did it on the slick floors. And, you know, then we have the conversation with the handler about, you know, opposition reflex and don't line fuck him and everything else. Like, so I'm like, give him slack, tell him to out. So he's like dog name. And I tone dog comes off of like now pulling back. And the, yeah, go, and, go, go. and the SWAT commander was like, do it again. <laughs> and then we did it again. He was like, I want to see, we did it three times in a row. He's like, and as he walks away, he looks at me, he goes, do they know how to do that? And I'm like, they do now. And he's like, perfect. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, thanks. And walks off. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like my job here is done. Yep. <laughs> so real quick, Eric, if somebody in South Florida is like, dude, I, I got problems, man. I'm having problems or even anywhere in Florida or anywhere. How do they get a hold of you? Um, good family canine. You know, we're on Instagram. Letter Facebook. K number nine. Yeah. Letter K number nine. Good family. My last name's good. So no E on the end, right? No E on good. Um, you know, my email is Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, at goodfamilyk9, K with a number nine, dot com. So. Eric with a K, your family must have been fucking Vikings or some shit. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> my brother-in-law. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Thanks. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. 
Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.